Greetings, friends and lovers and everything in between. Welcome to episode 92 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined this week by the world's favorite PC gamer, Greg Hicks. Uh, the newly adapted PC gamer. Yes. How are you? How are you doing in this brave new world? Yeah. Um, I was never anti-PC. I was always just live and let live and being like, yeah, well, if they want to spend two and a half grand on a rig and all this kind of shit, I'll stick to my consoles. And now I've kind of inherited my brother's hand-me-down. I'm like, ooh, <laughs> this is good. And making full use of, of Game Pass Ultimate. The only problem is, though, and I have it with remasters as well, is, is trying not to buy everything again on Steam just for the sake of having it to play again. On PC, yeah, sure. Yeah, like looking at things like Hyperlight Drifter and Resident Evil 2 and all this kind of stuff. Just, yeah. Mm. Nice. So, yeah, otherwise, I'm, otherwise I'm good. Fantastic. I'm, I'm very happy about that. The guy who just watched his team get knocked out of the FA Cup, Paul Collett. You can be, uh, you can be quiet now about that one, actually, because I think we played better. It's just that we've got no... It's our B team, let's be honest. You know, <laughs> um, Your B team with Salah up front. You know, but look, we haven't got a, got a defence and got a midfield either. And so, yeah. you know... It's over. Break. Sorry. Um, I, I, hate, I hate the way that everyone's making out as many nights as a second coming of fucking Ferguson or something. Yes. You're not going to win the Premier League. Don't worry about it. I should stress I'm a Man United fan, so I'm very happy tonight. Uh, fair enough. So I, I haven't had many happy moments the last few years, so I'm going to I'm gonna soak this one in. I'll let you have this one, dude. As your back's hurting, I'll let you have this one. <laughs> no, thanks, man. How sure, you doing man. otherwise? Well, it's all right. Um, my robot Hoover I got last week um, became self-aware. So What? Um, yeah, so I got Vladimir Putin <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the cellar. And things are getting a bit dicey, so I've got to keep looking over my shoulder. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, it's all good. Uh, hey, vacuum, can you uh, just do over there, please? No, I'm not going to do that, Paul. <laughs> it's exactly how it went. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's, that's scary. Uh, everyone's favourite furry friend, Toby Anderson. I feel like I shouldn't answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking earlier, I'm going to introduce people with things this week. Uh, what, what should I do, Toby's? And... And yeah. that just came to mind, didn't that it? That came to mind, it really did. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm just really interested in Paul's um, sentient Hoover now. I want yeah. to know more. <laughs> Sounds like the plot of a strange indie game. You know, <laughs> the plot becomes sentient. So the, the um, Hoover becomes sentient and then what does it do next? It's, what was this about Vladimir Putin? <laughs> I didn't oh, catch no, that just, bit I'm at just, all. <laughs> no, I've just obviously made it all out. But uh, I have to say, this Robert Hoover, Hoover is absolutely amazing. It's the best thing you'll ever buy in your life. Because you can simply set it to go off at like, I don't know, one in the morning when you're asleep. And it hoovers your house. What's better than that? Wake up in the morning, no crumbs on the floor, nothing. It watches you while you sleep. Yeah, so what's it done that's self-aware? Oh, nothing. I just made it up. Oh, <laughs> come on. There was meant to be something good there. Oh. Well, got, well <laughs> I, I tried to make a story up with Vladimir Putin in the cellar, but I kind of ran out of ideas at that point. So, uh, I see. And you haven't got the cellar. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so, I can't go so far with this, this story, I'm afraid. So, have, you got, have you got laminate flooring or carpet? Laminate. That's the, that's the state of this podcast now. Have you got yeah. laminate flooring or carpet? <laughs> We've run out just, of things to talk about. I'm going to be asking Sean what he's had to, had to eat today as well at some point. <laughs> But is it, that's the thing, is it just as good on carpet as it is on laminate? I don't know. Yeah, if it's not thick, thick carpet, it's, uh, it does just a job, yeah. I've got bed, carpet in my bedroom, it just goes up there, does its job and walks out again. It refuses to do me. thick carpet. There's all sorts yeah. of videos on YouTube of me now doing all sorts of uh, weird stuff, but I'm sure it's fine. I want to break, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, I physically cannot hoover at this present moment in time, so it might be handy. 
Well, yeah, it, one it, of these it, things. It's a silly thing. It's a it's a luxury, but my god. Sure. Coming that you come in the morning and there's no crumbs everywhere. It's oh, man. So how are you doing, Toby? <laughs> uh, I'm good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. I'm full. I'm full of Chinese. Um, I'm good. Fantastic. And of course, Daddy Finger Guns, Mr. Sean Davies. I can't like this. Can we stop doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy. <laughs> Big Man Daddy. <laughs> I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm all right, man. Thank you very much. I had Great. an MRI scan yesterday. That was fun. In the polo? Yeah. How was it? Big, big magnetic polo? Yeah, it, it was horrible. I mean, obviously, I've got a major lower back issue right now. And lying down flat on my back was not fun for 10, 15 minutes. But other than that, hopefully, it will yield results. And I might be fixed one of these days. Did, did they tell you to stay still? They did, and it was really painful. Did they stop and then keep saying they need to stay still? Uh, no, they didn't actually. I was, oh, I was, I was very good. I did what I was told because I want this shit to be sorted. And I got a oh. lollipop at the end. Put a sticker. I've been in the polo. <laughs> I got. Up. I was, I I was very the, good. I went in the. I went in the half a million pound polo, and all I got was this sticker. I got headphones. That Ooh. was fun. I mean, and, headphones everyone else wears. Mm. Mm. And uh, and a high five from the MRI man. So it was a good day. Wow. Right down. What story have you got for us this week, Sean? Nothing. It's oh, man. The rabbit's been out in the snow. It's been fun. Cool. Uh, went to the tip today. It's, it's all raging down in Stoke, tell you. <laughs> We're off the chain. Off the chain. It snowed here today for about six minutes. It was crap. We are, we are, we are like about a foot deep in snow now. And we've got yeah. five days of it. And this was like day three. So just the one time that, that like normally Stoke doesn't get snow. We're in like a shitty valley where nothing happens. And now we are the one place that's getting loads of snow. So I'm very oh. happy about it. Nice. Oh dear. Right. Let's talk about video games, shall we? We'll go and we'll begin with game of the week. So I'll go from the top. Mr. Greg Hicks, your game of the week, please, sir. Uh, well, I've been playing my review games that I can't talk about, so it's a bit pointless mentioning them. But my reviews will be up this week. But mostly I've been playing Hitman 2 because I bought the gold edition um, back in November, I think, because it, it was on the cheap. And there's so much extra stuff in it. But uh, yeah, with I forgot how quickly 3 was coming around. I thought it was like you know March or something, but it's not. It was just last week or this week even. So I thought, oh, better crack on and do Hitman 2. And I was talking to Chris Wall about this, uh, my friend Mark. Like, what makes Hitman 2016 and Hitman 2 great are the mission stories. Because they're so big. Like, if you haven't played any of the Hitman reboots, they've gone back to, like, the old formula, like the big open levels and the the sort of do-it-yourself kind of gameplay, whereas they deviated from that with absolution and it was a bit linear. So they've gone back to, you know, blood money and Hitman two and all that kind of stuff. So I've been playing the newer Hitman two and it's quite nice following the mission stories that come up. You don't have to, but it's, it's made me engage with the game a bit more. And then when you finish a mission, it's like, do you want to try doing this one? Or do you want to try doing that? Or do you want to go and do something else? You know, do you want to go to the next story? That kind of thing. So I've been putting loads of hours into that because I figured I need to finish it before I jump into three. So yeah, just been sort of grinding out really. And there's, there's like a mastery level for each, le- uh, for each mission, for each stage. And there's like an overall level as well. And you have a lot more things and new starting places in like new starting locations in the levels. And 
new equipment, like new equipment specific to that level. So you could unlock a, a sniper rifle in, in an earlier level, but you won't have it in the next level. You need to get your level mastery up for that stage to, to unlock it in there. And you can have fun with it. And as well as the mission stories, there's loads of opportunities as well. And it will give you hints to some of them. Some of them it will say redacted and you've got to figure it out yourself or, you know, ask your good friend, Mr. Google. But the, the versatility in the game itself is just staggering. And I can see where people get lost, hence why they added these mission stories. But yeah, just, just going back to that recently has been, it's been cathartic. Like it's, it's been, it's reminding me why I liked Hitman in the first place. I think by absolution, I got bored. I finished it a few times just to get near to like a thousand G on the old 360. And then I didn't really sink my teeth into 2016 very much. I just did the, the missions and, and was done with it. But um, yeah, just, just plowing through all the extra content as well for Hitman 2 has been, has been great. And then in turn, I'm looking forward to Hitman 3 when I finally get around to it. Have you not been tempted to just do it in Hitman 3? Do what? Hit the, the Hitman 2 stuff. What, you mean buy Hitman 3 and then play like the game? Yeah, because you can load it all up as one big. Yeah, it, it can like every, so all the content benefits for everything that's in Hitman 3. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I've, I've got Hitman 2, I started it and then went, you know what, fuck it, Hitman 3 is coming. I'm just going to load it up in Hitman 3. Yeah, well, I didn't want to spend 50 quid on Hitman 3. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to wait for it to drop in price a little Hold bit. Hold on a minute, Sean. So do I need to own Hitman 2 to play it like Hitman 3? Yeah. No, no, no. Oh, well, it helps for story purposes, yeah. And no, no. So, so you, Hitman Three. If you own Hitman Two on the PlayStation Store and Hitman One, you can load those those games up inside Hitman Three. Yeah, yeah. Because I, if I wanted to, because I had Hitman Two on the three on the Xbox One, and then I bought. Um, I didn't really get the extra content for it, but I had the Legacy Edition of the first game. So when I booted up Hitman Two and downloaded all the Legacy missions from Hitman Twenty Sixteen, it was there as one big accessible game and it had to go to the menu and boot up hitman one or hitman two and i could do that now if i had hitman one for the ps4 as well so i know what sean's saying if you had if you bought hitman three you could load it up as one big 150 gig whatever game <laughs> yeah. you can you can filter through like all three games and the missions without which is quite a, quite a cool concept really but yeah when the time comes and three does drop a price that's probably the only game i probably will buy digitally because it would make sense to because I think I had the disc version for for Hitman 2 on the Xbox One, and that was literally just a CD key. So it would make sense to buy Hitman 3 digitally and have it as one big game. I believe they're, they're both on sale at the minute. What? Hitman... Hitman 1 and 2 on PS4, and I think they're ridiculously... Yeah, I think the so, so basically you can get it all on the same platform. Yeah. I think on Steam, so obviously uh, Hitman 3 is uh, a big game exclusive. So I think if you buy Hitman 3 on Epic, you get some kind of up, uh, like amazing deal on Hitman 1 and 2. Oh, no. I, I'll, just, I'll get 3 eventually, but I'm kind of done with 1. Oh, fair enough. I, don't, I can't see me going back and doing all the mission opportunities from that. And that's, that's just oh, too it's much. It's so good, though. I know, but there's only so many hours in the day. and Yeah, fair enough. You keep giving me games to review, so, you know. Well, that could stop. Oh, wait. <laughs> I know it's Ross that muted himself then because Ross is going to do his usual. Oh, sorry, we keep giving you all these free games to review. That's what he always says every time I mention it. But uh, yeah, no, that's my game of the week. Has... You do. I was going to go, damn it, Sean, actually. <laughs> uh, no, my, my, predominantly my game of the week has been Hitman 2. Awesome. Lots of love for Hitman at the moment. Hitman 3 is getting some really good reviews. None of us have played it, so don't come to us looking for coverage on Hitman 3, I'm afraid. Sorry. It will come eventually. Uh, Paul Collett, your game of the week. 
So, um, again, like Greg, I have a review game on cracking through, but I can't really talk about it yet. So, um, my game of the week uh, is Days Gone, um, which I've finally completed. Um, and while I completed it, I think it kind of answered my question of why I got jaded with games like about a month or so ago. And it's because, you know, it's nice to get like a big game and, you know, you get your money's worth kind of thing, but they just drag it on with bloat. And I got to a point where I thought, well, this is the end of the game. It's a nice point where you kind of move to another section, but it seemed like it was a nice point to end the game in preparation for a, a sequel, but it just went on. And it was the same missions, the same kind of tasks and missions and whatever. And I just, I started to hate it because I was really enjoying it up to that point. I was like, oh, fuck's sake, we please just finish. Um, and so I think that's what I'm having trouble with the games is that they kind of just go on too long, but not for good reasons, just because they just frame the same kind of thing and they bloat it out to try and make it look big or something. I have a real problem with that. Um, but yeah, I finished it. Um, and up to that point, I was really, really enjoying it. It's a great game. And the holds um, mechanic of taking out the holds is, is really good. Um, but yeah, so that's my game of the week. I just wish, I just wish they just trimmed the fat down and keep the, you know, the, it's got, it's got a very interesting story as well. I was really keen to uh, progress the story. We get to a point where you just rescued, I know, somebody that's quite important about spoiling it. And then it cuts to going to help someone pick up an MP3 player. So you lose all that kind of tension that's built up in the story to go and find a poxy MP3 player. So I was like, oh, what are you doing to me? So, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing to me, Days Gone? Oh, my God. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Nice. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. That's yeah, good. Yeah, really good. Really good game. I cool. recommend to everybody. Nice. Looks lovely on PS5 as well. Oh, yes, beautiful. Toby Anderson, your game of the week. Uh, so I've got a few review ones on as well. I've been playing a lot of East 9 Monstrum Nox, um, which is my fir- first RPG of the year, first JRPG. Um, I can't really talk about it much because it's still under embargo. Same with the other two games I've got on review as well. So we'll leave that there. But that is the one I've been playing the most of. Um, so my game of the week will have to be Sekiro again. Um, I'm right in the final areas now on my first playthrough. I'm on what's called the Fountainhead Palace without spoiling. It doesn't really spoil anything, but um, that's kind of got the last couple of bosses and then you go back to a previous area and finish everything off. Um, and so I've only got, I've only got about three or four more storyline bosses and a couple of optionals and then I should be done. I've done loads and loads of extra content, so I should be able to get like three of the, three of the endings all in one go and all that kind of stuff. And if I can be bothered to play it all over again, like Greg has played it multiple times, if I can be bothered to go through it again a second time, then um, I could get probably the platinum on that second playthrough, which would be cool. But I think that might have to wait a little bit because it's been it's taken me most of a month to get through. <laughs> it's um, with those three-hour stints practicing like particular bosses, one or two of the bosses just taking three so hour long. Stints. That's there was the numbers. There was a three-hour stint trying to kill, trying to um, get the you know work good enough at the parrying with Gen Genichiro or Genichiro. Um, because he was just so imp- incredibly hard, and the same with the owl in the same place. And um, yeah, it's, you haven't uh, done the other owl fight, have you? I haven't completed the other owl fight yet. No, he's <laughs> he's too tough in that one. Um, and there's there's supposedly a thing called the demon of hatred at the end, which yeah. is meant to be insanely it's insanely not. hard. And if you really want that platinum, there is a cheese that they haven't patched out, and it just makes <laughs> life so much easier. And I am. I am fully willing to admit that I cheesed that boss. I did, <laughs> I did 95% of that game with my own graft. If there's one boss exploit that lets me make it run off a cliff, then fine, I'm fucking doing that. <laughs> well, no I'll see if I can do that. that. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of it. There's only you know a few more prayer beads, a few more 
things that I need to collect. Not much. So it's um it's good. It's I think it's still I don't know if Greg would agree. It's still harder than Bloodborne for sure. Harder than um Code Vein just because that parrying thing is you've got Stop to get using it down. Code Vein as a as a comparison. whatever. It's just one I've played. <laughs> um, but it, it's definitely harder than those. Um, no, so, I, I actually think I prefer the parrying as a hero to Bloodborne. I prefer it. I think it's a more interesting gameplay mechanic. But it's no, I mean, I think to me that makes it easier because no, just, right. like, uh, sorry to tread over your game of the week, but like with Bloodborne, it's it's knowing exactly when an enemy is going to hit you. But at least with Sekiro, you know, it's it's a sword or a sharp thing coming at you. So it's nice to see that arc come down as it's about to hit you. It's easier to parry if someone is using a sword than it is to parry, you know, some great big beastie's claws because you don't know where they're going to hit or how. Like the blood-starved yeah. beast with its giant. Yeah, I was gonna say giant but I beat, but I beat the Bloodstarved Beast but, um, pretty easily. That's the trouble. Like, I went through a lot of Bloodborne without too much trouble. That, so, a lot of blood w- loss. W- whereas, uh, <laughs> whereas Sakura has um, has caused far more. Yeah, uh, it did. Practice it did, needed. It did break a lot of journalists. A lot of journalists got to Ganishiro and were like, "Oh, this game's bullshit." It's like that is a third. <laughs> that is a third of the game. <laughs> exactly. It's a third, and it's a third main boss. He's just so hard. He's like, oh. but then oh, I don't want to. You, oh. you can get to the point where you are really good at him, and you can do it very easily, and it's not actually a problem. I had that this takes epiphany. practice. I had this epiphany with the last boss. I don't want to spoil the experience for you, but it's the one I traded the game in for. And then when I went back to it. And then when it clicked, and again, I know I said before about changing the the, the picture mode on my TV. When mm. it clicked, I went from being "fuck this game" table flip to that is one of the best, if not the best, final boss fight I've ever played because it was so cool. I've just I've never got to the point where I want to throw it in, you know, throw in the towel. But I've not got to that boss yet. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I don't think my TV does quite what yours is, what yours did. I've had it on HDR in a game mode. Um, and you know, what I can parry. I can parry most of the stuff. Uh, it's just an LG. Oh, LG. Um, yeah. just, with a with a yeah, mode. like a game mode thing. Yeah, that's all. It, oh, it, it immediately goes to this HDR thing, and parrying seems you know doable. I don't get. I don't get every single parry. Obviously, I don't think anyone does, but I get. I get a good a oh, good yeah. selection of them. I do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's my game of the week. Let's just stop. <laughs> nice. We don't talk about Sekiro enough on this podcast. So no, I'm glad, I'm glad we. Uh, I'm glad we get into it. And Sean Davies, your game of the week, sir. Uh, so I started Sekiro yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I turned back if I was you. It would take it would take loads of hours. And I finished it. It was, it was that easy. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> the actual game it was on easy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the game I've been playing most of this week is called Werewolf: The Apocalypse Earthblood. And I can't talk about it, despite the fact that I really, really, really want to talk about it. Um, but the review comes out this week. So I, in between that, I've been playing uh, Shakedown Hawaii, which is... Just, oh, it's so good, isn't it? Nice. It came out on PS5, and I thought, you know what, fuck it. It's like a tenner. And it's it's basically Grand Theft Auto 2, um, but in Hawaii. And it is the fucking funniest, stupidest, most engaging game I've played in a while. Just fucking top down, absolute insanity. You play as like a, an old guy whose company's fucking falling apart because he couldn't be asked to keep it going, and his son, who's a money grabbing little twat, and you, you fucking take over Hawaii it's <laughs> with like you know rocket boosters. And so, for example, in one mission, you know, internet shopping, he's realised that his company has not adapted to internet shopping, so he decides to stop. Uh, the the benefit of internet shopping by driving around destroying delivery vans 
so that his stores can have a boost. The brick and mortar retail stores can have a boost. It's just like, nice. <laughs> uh, Such a fun of... game. Such yeah, game. I'm happy. I'm going to try and do a review for the PS5 version because there's some decent use of the DualShock in there. Like a, the trigger and everything feels oh, nice. That's very cool. nice. Like uh, swinging a baseball bat. So you, you pull it down and you have to push past a little bit of resistance to swing. Oh, cool. So it's like you really get that bonk feeling out of the, the baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've been playing. Uh, what about you, Ross? Uh, well, this is kind of awkward because the game I've been playing most this week is uh, called Werewolf the Apocalypse, Earthblood. Yeah, boy! <laughs> <laughs> and I really, really want to talk about it, but obviously we can't because we are under a strict embargo. But yeah, I mean, that really is the game I've been playing most this week. I have not been able to put it down. It reminds... It, I, can't, I can't say anything, but yeah, it's coming. Next week. Oh my God. I'm going to explode. But yeah, I mean, that really has been my game of the week. Uh, a game that I can't talk about. I'm very sorry, but that is what I've been playing the most of. Um, I haven't played a single foot of Bloodborne. Um, not for any reason, I just haven't played it. I've been so so uh, engrossed into Werewolf. But I will. That is my intention for the following for this following week, is to jump back into Bloodborne. And uh, yeah, that's it, really. Uh, Fortnite, I guess. I've got Predator now, which is pretty cool. And I, I may have succumbed to the T-800 and Sarah Connor. So now I'm walking around as the Terminator, which is a lot of fun. Are you going, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun? I really am. Dun-dun-dun. I really am. It's a cool thing, even though, you know, 90% of the game's demographic will have no idea who Terminator is. But it's fun for us oldest. I don't know. The last, <laughs> last films were bloody PG and shit, weren't they? No, that's true. <sighs> that's true. Who can they get now? Like, they've done Marvel, they've done DC, Terminator, Predator. I mean, what's next? Well, they've been teasing stuff today. This is Sunday when we record. They've been teasing stuff on their Twitter all day, and I don't know what, what it's referring to. But... Uh, I mean, whoever comes next, God knows. I don't know who they've got planned. They've got a whole... Mrs. Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> They're only halfway through the season. So, I mean, God knows what's coming up. But can't be Sesame Street next thing, which got Yeah, No, they wouldn't Good advocate bird. violence, would they? I think... I think... Today's letter is the letter DIE! <laughs> <laughs> okay. A couple of things have been pointing towards Lara Croft. Maybe there's the next one. But uh, we'll see. God knows what they can do next. The Goonies, I've no idea what, what, what they have planned next. Very few. Rambo, maybe? Rambo could be one. I don't know. It seems that whoever's in charge of Fortnite... Oh, I was going to Terminator was in Mortal Kombat, wasn't he? So Rambo's in yeah. Mortal Kombat now, isn't he? I suppose whoever's in charge of Fortnite is like an 80s kid and is just putting in all of his favourite franchises. Turtles. Oh, mate, that'd be so cool. Can you imagine it? Yeah. I'd love that. Do you know? I think that, I think there's a good shout for that. You know, because you've got you've got the weapons. You can be the pickaxes, and you've got the skins, and you've got the backpacks. I think that's a good shout for t- t- turtles. You know. Hmm. Interesting. Keep an eye out. All right then. Yeah. So yeah, my game of the week is a game I cannot talk about. I do apologise, but whew, when I can, I think we're going to have to do a spoiler special, Sean, because I have thoughts <laughs> on this one, and I cannot wait to share it. Right. Anyway, Mr. Davies, don't go anywhere. It is time for the trivia challenge. Let's do this. Okay. Ten questions. Completely random. I've just gone into Google and typed in games and found any random game and asked the questions about it. Well, they're not so, random because you're going to ask sweet. them more, aren't you? 
about random <laughs> games. Oh, God almighty. So if you've never done this before, I'm going to ask the questions now. At the end of the cast, we'll get the answers, and then we'll find out who won. So far, everybody's won one apart from Ross. Sorry, Ross. <laughs> Maybe this is your time. Okay. Well, that's right, isn't it? Fuck. There's only been two. It's okay. Yeah, everyone has got a dub, though, you know. So just A saying. dub? A dub, yeah. God, how old are you? <laughs> Too old, man. Yeah, man. Everyone's got a W except for you. You got the L, bro. Too old to be saying dub. Let's just <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Question one. What is the name of the main protagonist in Silent Hill 4, The Room? Is it James Sunderland, Harry Mason, or Henry Townsend? So question one. What is the name of the main protagonist in Silent Hill 4, The Room? Is it James Sunderland, Harry Mason, or Henry Townsend? Okay, I'm not winning this one. Tobes, Tobes cleared a 10 out of 10 last week. Yeah, he did. You know? Oh, yeah. Okay, question. Can you give, can you give me the names just one more time? I no. can, yeah. James Sunderland. Oh. I'm writing them oh. down, but I've, I've missed one of those surnames. Was it? Right, name is Google. Tom Nook. J- <laughs> James Sunderland, Harry Mason. K.K. Slider. Tom Nook. Or Henry Townsend. We Mario. need Harry Mason. Okay. I'm Question. not going for Harry Mason then. No, I was thinking it's the theme of Harry Mason from Aussie. Harry what? Mason is, is a legit Silent Hill character. They're all legit Silent Hill characters. I know, but I don't want to give away. <laughs> 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 okay. Question two. In the 2004 Chronicles of Riddick game, where did he? Where Sorry. did he? <laughs> Do you know? I'm, I'm fucking laughing because I've got Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> Question two. In the 2004 Chronicles of Riddick game, where did the titular hero escape from? Titular. No. Yeah, Pedatree Brigade. Woohoo! Do you know what's really fucking annoying earlier? Right? You can ask my wife. I literally typed that into Google in pronunciation and pressed the pronunciation button like five times because I knew you took the piss last time I said it. And uh, I've still fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, question two. In the 2004 Chronicles of Reddit game, where did the titular star have to escape from? <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. That's why it's a funny word. That's why I remember it. Okay, question three. The opening chapter of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, in which Lara survives a, sh- a tsunami, is set in which country? Oh, fuck. And that's on Game Pass as well, and I still haven't played it. <laughs> Question three, the opening chapter of Shadow of the Tomb Raider in which Laura survives a tsunami is set in which country? Currently free on PS Plus for another week. What did I say? Game Pass. Sorry, PS Plus, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. And I haven't played it. Fuck, it's been free on everything. Yeah, it was on Game Pass at one point as well. <laughs> yeah. There'll be games for Golden next week, don't worry. Um, okay, question four. What is the high-selling boxed game of 2020 in the UK? Was it Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Animal Crossing and New Horizons, or FIFA 21? So question four, what was the high-selling boxed game of 2020 in the UK? Was it Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, Animal Crossing New Horizons, or FIFA 21? Okay, question five. Savage Starlight is a comic book series found in which video game? 
Question five, Savage Starlight is a comic book series found in which video game? Uh, it's pronounced Duke. Wait, is it no, in the whole, is, right. is it in the whole series or is it just in one game? Oh, well, no, I can't tell you because I'll give it away, wouldn't it? I... Just think, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm not really um, asking you for <laughs> the answers, Greg. <laughs> no, but if I, I, if I, I know you want, I know what you want, but yeah. I've not. I was about to give you the. the no, I can't say nothing. I'll take either. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll take an answer. Because <laughs> it's right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll explain later. Okay. Uh, question six: What color is Nax's nose? <laughs> Question six: <laughs> What color? Whatever, whatever is turns up at the time. Neck one or two. Doesn't matter. You just want to get involved. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. Question six: What color is Nag's nose? Okay. Uh, question seven: In Until Dawn, the characters stay in which ski resort? Was it Frost Blake Lake? Blackwood Pines or Camp Crystal Lake? Question seven. In Until Dawn, the characters stay at which ski resort? Was it Frost Blake Lake, Blackwood Pines or Camp Crystal Lake? I like these quizzes that you find on the internet because they actually give me a modicum of a chance. Yeah, that one yeah they're pretty random. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Question eight. In Fallout 3, which vault do players emerge from at the beginning oh. of the game? Is it 104, 101? Oh, well, I'll just ask what? you for that uh, Until Dawn question again. You said, oh. okay, then. No, then I didn't, sorry, I didn't hear. <laughs> uh, generally, nothing came through. Uh, so, question seven was uh, in until in until dawn. The character state which ski resort, Frost Lake Lake, Blackwood Pines, or Camp Crystal Lake. Thank you. Question eight: In Fallout Three, which vault do players emerge from at the beginning of the game? Is it one or one hundred eleven? <clears throat> so, question eight: In Fallout Three, which vault do players emerge from at the beginning of the game? Is it 104, 101, or 111? Question nine. Agents of Mayhem is a spiritual successor to which popular game series? Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgot all about that piece of shit. <laughs> it's a very long-winded title of a series. Uh, it really is. It really is. Agents of Mayhem is a very long-winded game. But cheap. <laughs> Very. Question nine: Agents of Mayhem is a spiritual successor to which popular game series? And finally, question ten: Which 2012 stealth video game was criticised for its inclusion of what some called hot nuns? <laughs> so, question ten. Question ten. Which 2012 stealth video game was criticised for its inclusion of what some called hot nuns? <laughs> I didn't criticise them. No, I, no, think, I think we've just been talking fight. about this. It was, it was more the depiction of them, wasn't it? I still think the hardest quiz, not to give any answers away, 
and change the subject. I still think the hardest fucking quiz we ever had was Paul's really obscure audio <laughs> one. Tiny sound effects. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. Here is, here is this three second clip from a 1991 Neo Geo game. See if you can remember it. Like, with what? <laughs> hey man, you, want, you know, you'll step up, right? Yeah, man. It, it was the... I did not like Sony for so much. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? Let's do it. We got, we got a whole year to fill, so... Which is true. Yeah, whatever. Send me your answers. Uh, Grand. Thank you very much, Sean. A pleasure as always. One of them is a guess. See if you can work out which one. Right then, I'm going to crack on with both barrels, which is where I take some of the week's gaming news and shoot it at you in very, very quick form. Only three this week because we've got a lot to talk about tonight. So let's crack on with both barrels. Vicarious Visions is working on a Diablo 2 remake at Blizzard, according to a new report. Activision confirmed this week that Vicarious Visions, the studio behind the superb Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy and most recently the well-received Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, has been merged into Blizzard after collaborating together for some time. Bloomberg reports that Vicarious Visions have been working on Blizzard, have been working with Blizzard since 2020 on the Diablo franchise, including a planned remake of Diablo 2, potentially called Diablo 2 Resurrected. According to Bloomberg's Jason Schreier, the Diablo 2 remake was due to be developed by Blizzard C1 the team that made the poorly received Warcraft 3, reforged, and before that, mobile flop Heroes of the Storm and real-time strategy game StarCraft 2. But Blizzard gave the Diablo 2 remake to the team behind the Diablo 4 instead, and now a group of Vicarious Visions is also working on it. As for Team 1, it seems to have been quietly disbanded, with some interviewing for other jobs at Blizzard and others leaving for independent studios. Six months ago, Fall Guys arrived on PlayStation 4 via subscription service PS Plus, since then, it has been a PlayStation console exclusive, while also being available on PC. Six months later, it now seems a matter of if, not when, the breakout battle royale will come to other console platforms, such as Switch and Xbox. But when will that happen? Around a week ago, a bit of high banter between Fool Guys' cheeky Twitter and the official Xbox UK account set tongues wagging that Fool Guys would arrive on Xbox Game Pass sooner rather than later. Then last night, the Xbox Game Pass Instagram account replied to a user asking about Fool Guys that it's coming, with a suspicious eyes emoji. This was picked up and shared as further evidence until a pretty clear denial was suddenly issued from the Fool Guys official account, saying, sorry, there has been a bit of a mix-up. Fool Guys is not coming to Xbox Game Pass. And finally, a non-EA studio is reportedly developing a new Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic game. The rumor comes from the B.O.B. podcast. Contributor, Jesus Christ, Best Spin Bulletin, reports that a new installment of the fan favorite RPG is in development adding it's not with EA and we'll never guess what studio is taking on the project. Amongst my digging, I hear there is a Knight of the Old Republic project in development somewhere. Best Spin Bulletin said, thanks VGC. I talked to a couple of people and I also found out that Jason Schreier said that it's not with EA and we'll never guess who the studio is that's making this game. There you go. And that, my friends, was both barrels. Sean, who's making KOTOR? Not a clue. Uh, Sony no. Santa Monica. Oh, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yes. Bloody hell, exclusive. All right, we'll talk about those a little bit later. But first, let's talk about Microsoft for five minutes, shall we? Because they've had a week. This week, a Microsoft representative has confirmed to Eurogamer that UK Xbox Live Gold Pass is getting a price hike. One month will go from six ninety nine to seven ninety nine. Three months will go from seventeen ninety nine to twenty one ninety nine, and six months goes from twenty nine ninety nine to forty two ninety nine. 
This means that 12 months of Xbox Live Gold will now cost £86. You can currently get 12 months for £49.99. Now, naturally, the internet went a little bit batshit crazy about this and was like, uh, Microsoft, I don't think so, mate. And on the very same day, they issued a shock U-turn on the Xbox Live Gold price hike following a backlash and has announced it will make free-to-play games free-to-play on Xbox. Wow, Microsoft, well done, making free games free. Now, this was a bit of a whirlwind day. I'm going to throw this one to Toby. Toby, did Microsoft handle this well? Um, no. Yeah, I okay. think <laughs> the short answer is no, if you want the longer answer. Um, <laughs> I think this is um, a really bad case of shooting yourself in the foot. If they, did, if they just increased it a tiny amount, then I don't think anyone would have really batted an eyelid. They probably could have got away with it. If it had just been, it's only a pound on top of the smallest version, isn't it? And then it's, but then it's like a massive chunk of money on top of some of the larger versions of it. So it looks really, really big. If it had just been a tiny little, you know, one pound on each version or something, no one would have batted an eyelid. Then they go ahead and do this. Of course, the internet's going to go completely mental. There's a whole lot of stuff, and I'm sure Sean can attest to this, because we were looking at it at the same sort of time, I think, that um, there's a, there was a lot of people saying, oh, this is just Microsoft, you know, it's a fake. You, you, sort of, you fake give someone this terrible price hike, and then you go back on it and say, oh, actually, no, we're going to give you it all for the same price, so we were just joking, and here's some free games as well. I, I, why? Why would, why would any company joke like that? Why would any, any company make their reputation look shit like that and then have to do a u-turn it's like why would the government do a u-turn deliberately they don't do that shit it doesn't make sense it's, it's um it, it's just yeah just a real bad faux pas and i think what's come out of it is good um that you're getting a you know what's what what should be free games and are free games on other um other platforms are actually free to play on microsoft um as they always should have been so you know the fortnights and and such that um that should be free anyway but yeah, that, that's a good, it's, it's got to a good ending, but it's, it was just a terrible fuck up by whoever, um, whoever sent that out. And they definitely were mending, meaning to do so because um, as Sean saw, they were, they'd printed stuff. They'd printed things with these new prices on. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't, you know, a fake. And there was, yeah, there was that, the Xbox fan, uh, fan boys outcry. I was like, oh, they just did this on purpose. It's fine. They did this to, uh, you know, gain Gain clout. It's like what? They're not twelve-year-olds. Yeah, if it had been April the first, <laughs> you're <Yeah>. fine. <laughs> but it's not. Oh God, uh, Sean. Anything to add to this? Yeah, I fucking hate this. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this because it's a classic case of trying to devalue a service to increase engagement. So they they buzz, you know they've got this service which they're trying to push everybody to in, in the form of Game Pass Ultimate or whatever it is nowadays. It's called Diamond Exclusive Platinum Pack. They've, they, they basically try to devalue their lowest service to try and get everyone to play. And, and you know, it's a classic move to try and get more people to choose Xbox as their primary console. Um, because I imagine uh, those, those huge benefits that we're seeing from Game Pass have started to peter out uh, as, as we've become almost saturated. So, yeah, I fucking hate this because people were happily just paying for Game Pass. So, sorry, uh, uh, just paying for their online. Uh, and not want and not wanting to be on on games pass and microsoft tried to force the hand and it was a shitty move and i'm glad everyone called them on it well done internet you did something right for change bravo internet well done well done gamer fanboys interesting what a move yeah if you if you were one of these people that thought that it was some kind of fucking you know social engineering then you probably need to go and see a shrink (laughs) (laughs) oh it was a fun day on the internet at least
Uh, right then, let's crack on. Greg, Paul, you got anything to add to this? Or I just don't think Microsoft um, stand a chance now. They, they keep making mistake after mistake, don't they? Well, um, you know, it was quickly reversed. But, um, it still, we shouldn't have in the first place. It's just, just rubbish. Anyway, that's about what I've got to say, really. Nothing okay. important. Greg? No, just, uh, just echoing the sentiments of Sean and Toby, really. Mm, okay. Weird. Bloody Microsoft, that crazy. Right, let's talk about Resident Evil. Because this week, they had their big old showcase, kind of, for Resident Evil Village, where they showed off some gameplay, along with the release date, which is May the 7th, 2021, coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series S and X, and of course, PS4 and Xbox One, which Capcom confirmed in the event. There was also a look at a thing called Reversal, or Reverse? Reverse, which looks like some really odd, terrible-looking multiplayer game. And also a quick look at the Resident Evil Netflix movie and some more people going batshit crazy about these very tall women in the game that they want to stamp on their heads. The internet is a very strange place. Uh, Toby, what did you make of the Resident Evil showcase? Um, I watched it live um, when it was on. I thought it was good, really, really good. I think i got a sort of, sort of strange um, thought on, I don't know why these two games are being called Resident Evil, really. Um, they, you know, trying to shoehorn in the fact that it is, uh, you know, linked in some way to the viruses and such, but they just feel like such completely different games to the um, Resi 1 to 6 uh, storyline that I just don't see why they are. They're a completely different format. It's you know, first person shooter, et cetera, or first person adventure. And it's not third person. There's no, there's almost no zombies whatsoever. There's all these, all these other things. And now there's vampires as well, um, which again is, is pretty hard to shoehorn into the whole mythos, but I'm sure they'll do, I'm sure they'll find a way to do it. Um, they, they did it with Resident Evil 4. Did you complain about that? I did complain about that at the time. Absolutely. Oh, okay, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil 4 was a massive departure and I had a real problem yeah, with it. <laughs> but we did, get, we did get Devil May Cry out of it, so... I will give you that. Um, and then they went back to 5 and 6, which were just pants um, anyway. But this, these are just quite different and, and I like that difference. I just don't see why they're really called Resident Evil. I, I, I know that it's... You know, launching a brand new franchise, brand new IP is a bit risky. What's the point when you could just pretend it was Resident Evil and just carry on, just add Chris Redfield in there every now and again, and you know, you're good. So I do get why they've done it. I just, I just think it's a bit silly. Um, so the actual demo and the gameplay that we saw looked really, really cool. It's looking very, very swish, very, very um, high-end 4K. Everything looks very swanky and nice. There's some really interesting locales in there. It's not just a village. It's obviously this great big mansion and all these very tall vampire ladies who are um, going around there. They're, they're the sort of replacement for the cannibal hill, hillbillies from um, Resident Evil 7. Do and you want this very tall lady to stand on your face? See, I'm not sure what the standing on your face <laughs> bit is about. Does, do, do people have this like fetish for really tall women? Is you can, that tell, you're, you can so. tell you're married. I don't understand these fetishes. <laughs> what is a fetish? What is a fetish? Yeah, no, I, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm saying I don't understand a fetish for really tall women stamping on you. Um, it's just not one that appeals to me. Oh, <laughs> There's plenty of others. You know, these fairies, you know. If you, um, um, if but, <laughs> ferrets. Oh, furries. fairies. Fairies. If you ever find yourself on Twitter one day, follow the <laughs> Resident Evil Village hashtag 
Oh, no, I've, I've read some of it on the, mate, the last day, day or two. Yeah. People are thirsty as fuck for this woman. <laughs> I, I appreciate Lady Lady Dimitriescu, or however, however you would say it, is, um, is a very, you know, interesting looking character. She's got, you know, a good bod. But that's Tig- really, bitties. that's all it really is doing for me. It's not, you know, and she's extremely tall. She's clearly going to step on you at some point during this game. Um, so people <laughs> will get what they want, I think. Um, her daughters oh, are even yeah. s- much scarier than she is, though. Her daughters with their big slashed open Joker mouths, so they're just, you know, and running at you and turning into bats and stuff. Yeah. That's really freaky, and I like it. I really like that stuff. Um, That's your kink, isn't it? Oh, much more than the women oh. that turn into freaky bats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, it's um, it's got a good feel of scariness to it which i think seven had as well it, you know that that game looked freaky and when i played it it was freaky um this one was freaky too and they'd really lost that in some of the um more recent resis before that um so yeah i think it's um i think that's really good if i have two words on well more than just a few words on the resident evil multiplayer game reverse or reverse or however they are saying that yeah that looks like shite exactly the same as you said um Everything, there's been a few people saying that everything looks too big, like the, like the characters look too small for the world they're in. They all seem to be like they've just been placed in there. They're looking like red and blue from Halo. They don't, they don't sort of, they've got strange colors on them that make them don't look like they're actually in the in place they're in. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got, it's got a sort of strange feel of like a third person golden eye but that that and that sounds like a good thing but it's not it's got it's got that feel like you've just jammed in every james bond character in this one you've just jammed in every resident evil character and you've just put them into a shit multiplayer game that makes no sense just a cash in and you know everything's gone wrong in raccoon city i just i think i will just never ever look at it twice never turn it on or play it it looks crap really crap and i think there's it's a shame that that's their 25th anniversary thing it's got this weird filter on it as well. It looks almost yeah. cell shaded in a way. Yeah, there, there, there is a yeah, definitely, definitely some kind of weird thirteen-looking cell shader. Very strange. Who's, who keeps asking for Resident Evil multiplayer? Because it's not the first one, is it? There's been plenty of them before. Yeah, they think that there is a well, there is a big market for multiplayer games. Obviously, there is, but they think that there is a one for Resident Evil, and it just keeps being proved sort of lo- you know very very short-lived each time. Mm. Wasn't there like a really successful multiplayer as part of one of the Revelations games? And it's just kind of piggybacking on the back of that. I mean, just... there's, there's Mercenaries, which has been doing the rounds for Youngs. But I, I can't remember if it's Mercenaries. I think you're right or... on Res- I think you're right on Revelations. I think that's the one people keep asking for. I think this, there, there was a mode as part of one of, the, one of those games that yeah. basically like it just blew up and it was more popular than the actual main game. And I think this is why they keep trying to do it because it was like Umbrella Corpse. Was oh, there was there was Operation Raccoon City first, which I've actually got on the night. PS3. I've got I've got a, a promo copy of that. My mate used to work for T3, and I was so excited about it. And he's like, "No, no, I'm going to send it to you. Don't buy it." <laughs> I thought I thought it was a good thing. Like, don't buy this game. Have have this one because he sent me the order of 1886 as well, which is also a good thing. I didn't spend 50 quid on that, but no, he sent me Operation Raccoon City, and he was like, "You're going to thank me." And I played it. I was like, "Oh, damn it!" And then there was. Uh, Umbrella Core, which is just repeating the same mistakes. And then there was Resistance, wasn't it? They came with yeah, R3. I, 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 played, I played a bit of that. Um, and yeah, just shocking. And it just doesn't take long for people to start spawning in tyrants everywhere. And you're like, oh, balls. Mm. Yeah. They keep trying, though, don't they, Camp them? Bless them. Well, they do multiplayer well with things like Monster Hunter and yeah. um, 
Monster Hunter. Uh, but <laughs> they should just leave it alone for Resident Evil. Resident Evil has always been a really good single player experience mm. when it's a great single player experience. When you start adding in co-op, it takes the horror out of it and it just makes it Dead Space 3. Yeah, what's, uh, what's scary about going around the corner and getting shot and some little you know, 10 year old shouting at you that you're a noob. There's nothing yeah, scary there's, about it. It's just annoying. There's a different kind of, there's still jump scares in Resident Evil 5 when like you're in the time missions and someone, you, you don't see them around a corner and it twats you with a stick. That's a, that's a, oh fuck, it got me. But it's not the inherent horror of a single player experience that you are witnessing on your own. So trying to sh- make multiplayer a thing is just, yeah. that's kind of where I got disenfranchised of Resident Evil later in the line. Like I, I bought Resident Evil, no, I didn't buy Resident Evil 6. I downloaded Resident Evil 6 again recently, and I was like, no, no, I'll give it a chance. And it's like, it's so shit. And the fact that you have a, an AI co-op partner as well just takes any sense of uh, tension out of it. It's just like, all right, cool. I'm playing arcade. I'm basically playing House of the Dead. It was just, it was shocking. Mm. I was really hoping for a Resident Evil 4 remake announcement in this. Thing, they kind of put that on the back burner, happen. haven't they? Yeah, I mean, the only one I've really played and loved was RE4. So, you I, you need to pick up RE2 on the PS4. I know, I it's, know. It's on set. It really is a good... Have you played the original? I mean, I mean very... I've never owned a PlayStation, oh, okay. so very briefly. Yeah, of course. I would, well, it was on the N64, and it actually ran quite well as well. I would just say treat yourself. I, I almost put it again on Steam the other day, but like, it's it's worth the, the, the 14 quid it is now. It's a really good game. No, for sure. It keeps fluctuating on PSN. It's like £8 and then £12 and then 16 So I'll keep an eye on it. I'm sure it will go down even further at some point. Uh, Mr. Sean Davies, you've played the demo, which they announced at the showcase. What was your overall impressions of this? It's not, it's not intrinsically tied into the game, is it? You won't be playing the demo segment in the video game. Uh, no, so you play as a character called Maiden. Um, but the, I imagine, so part of the demo is part of the house. So part of what you play will actually be part of the main game. Uh, and it looks... Oh, is it a bit like the kitchen demo? Yeah, it is a bit like the kitchen. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so in in this, you basically start in the dungeons underneath, and they are really, even from this demo, you can feel that they are desperately trying to tie it to the Resident Evil franchise, as in, um, to keep it like continue. I'm okay with this. I know Toby was saying earlier that like, why are they calling it Resident Evil? But I see Resident Evil now as like uh, Fast and the Furious. Where now it is a completely fucking ve- different vehicle than it was the vehicle for Fast and Furious, blah blah blah. Um, than, than when it started, you know, it's very different, but it's still, still the same thing. So I'm okay with it, and as long as it has these tedious links, and those tedious links are all the way through this demo. Um, it looks stunning. Like I spent a, a large time of my like half an hour with this demo just looking at walls because the the light, the way it reflects. Um, blood is very black because of the lighting. Uh, the, the the house itself is stunning. The sound design, like it, 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 one of the scariest things about Dead Space was when you couldn't hear something behind you or you heard stuff through a vent that, that that it wasn't attacking you, but you could hear stuff. And that's one of the really cool things about this demo is like it, you you walk along these cobblestones and you hear your own footsteps, and then when you stop moving, you hear footsteps. And it continues, uh. and it is, <laughs> yeah. So, and at another point, you you it does that one of those really cool things where you walk past something, you come to a dead end, and then you turn around, and something's changed in like the half a second that you went, oh, dead end, I better turn around, and yeah, it, it's the the demos aren't entirely scary. You do get get to meet the big tall lizard lady with the tail, 
and you get to meet one of her daughters. I guess that's her daughters anyway. Oh, okay. Downloading now. Um, <laughs> it is not playable one-handed, just so you know. Oh, um, God damn it! <laughs> um, Ew. <laughs> it's, it's very cool. And I'm interested in where they're going with this. Um, there's lots of... Everything about this game screams vampire, but also there's... You start in the basement, there's like a walled off. There's like a piece of... You walk past this basically like walled off wall with like a cheap plywood up and that starts to bang and it sounds like the zombies in their basement. So I'm so excited about this game now. I'll be honest with you. I'm so glad they've done a demo for it. Demos need to come back in a big way and I'm glad they've done one because mm. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go and play seven because I've not played seven because I'm an idiot. Uh, we should stress that the, the demo is currently only available on PS5, which is kind of lame, but yeah, that's just the way it is for the time being. Which is unfortunate, yeah. but there is another demo coming, isn't there? They announced down the yeah. line. Yeah, so there's, there is another demo coming for the main game to, further towards release, and that will release on all the platforms. And can you confirm that the tall lady she grabs you by the neck, doesn't she, at the end? Uh, yeah, she's got yeah. like you know, um, cabal style claws. Yeah, um, yeah, she looks fucking vicious. Yeah, it's really funny because like it's basically the end of the demo, and you, you burst in this door. And uh, she goes, ah, we finally meet. And then she fucking kills you, which is, <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, but yes, it's, it's just a very, very cool demo. The only thing I wish they'd done more of is uh, the DualShock integration, but, uh, sorry, DualSense integration. But I guess it's a demo that'll come, that'll come towards release for the full game. Yeah. I mean, these things have been made for the next-gen consoles, haven't they? So yeah, hopefully they'll be, that'll be integrated because that'll uh, up the the fear somewhat oh man if they if they put you know the proper fucking haptics in this i will be shitting myself <laughs> three or four different pairs of trousers just to take one off every time nice cool was there anything else oh uh the division two is getting a crossover Yay. with resident evil you can unlock chris redfield or something in in the division two. Oh, there he is again chris redfield yay and you know it's called resident evil because they want to sell copies of the game one would assume he's turning into That's Sam a weird Fisher. Crossover though, because it's like it is a weird crossover. Capcom. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be interesting if like if they stretched out. I mean, I know talk about it, but if they put Chris Redfield in Jill Valentine and say, you know, Fall Guys or Fortnite, it would make sense just to spread it out. But yeah, only the Division Two is going to be a crossover. So yeah, strange. But there we go. So yeah, that was the Resident Evil showcase. Resident Evil Village is coming out May seventh on all systems. So, yeah, look out for it. And, of course, Finger Guns will cover the hell out of it up until release. So make sure you're paying attention to fingerguns.net for the latest Resident Evil goodness. Uh, right then, we wanted to go into a topic about Sony franchises this week and old Sony franchises that we want to come back because they are, whilst they're bringing back a fair few, they've still got Ratchet going and Gran Turismo and Horizon and things like that, there are still a few more that they haven't touched so i'm going to throw this one to sean davies to kick off with revive sony franchises what do you want to see and who do you want to make it okay so i have a list and i'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep this short then i'm gonna pick one and i want suckum to come back i want suckum to come back because i think that's shout i think that's the one thing that sony doesn't have you know it's already money hatted first person shooters it's got a race game 
I mean, I, I absolutely could take more, more, more Motorstorm because that game was fucking ace. Um, or, I mean, the, and, and I've got lots on this list, like Twisted Metal, which I could absolutely take again. But the one game that I really want to come back more than anything is Stockholm. And that's because I just, it, it's a game genre that just doesn't exist anymore. You know, third person shooters with a military bent. Every game in this genre that gets released is crap. So if you could just give somebody a decent enough budget to make one, uh, and I, I imagine, you know, it could be any studio really, but um, I would really like it to be, you know, the Santa Monica team because obviously that's where most of the talent is and they know how to make third person games. So I could absolutely go for that. Uh, but my God, man, you look through the list and they've got so many good pro- like properties they're just not using. Mm. Like Wild Arms. How, oh, how? Well Infamous, Jack and Daxter. Oh my God. So many. But <laughs> I really want, like, not to step on Paul's toes, but because um, I know what he's going to say. Um, but I'd even take one of them as well, whatever Paul's going to say. Paul, <laughs> what is your revived Sony franchise you'd like to see? Uh, well, it's got to be Warhawk, obviously. Um, yes, what a shocker, right? Um, Warhawk, um, I, I just don't understand why, I mean, why I haven't brought it out. I mean, what visual Warhawk on PlayStation wasn't great, but Warhawk on a PS3 was the most fun I've had in a game like forever since GTA 5 came out. And it's my first experience of online game. And given this like state of battle royale type gameplays we're in at the moment, Warhawk just just fit perfectly. It's just such a good game. And um, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's like you know, it's it's a multiplayer game. I think it's up to 32 players. Um, and you know, you just you just team up, and you know, red or blue wins. It's that simple, and it was just so much fun. And um, they, they tried something different with Starhawk, um, which didn't quite work. Um, but I'd really love to see Warhawk back again because it's perfect time for it to come back. PS5 would probably be the perfect console for it to come back from. And there are rumours that Santa Monica are working on something. And obviously, Incognito, as far as I remember, a part of Santa Monica, Incognito, uh, made Warhawk. So hopefully that's, that's the case. Wishful thinking, but yeah. I mean, imagine, imagine a Warhawk Royale. Just 100 oh, planes just going at each other. It's just, it's just perfect. I mean, the capture the flag um, on Warhawk was just the best capture the flag I've ever played on anything. It was just so much fun because... Um, it had, had this kind of pretty awesome draw distance. So you could see each other, each end of the battle lines, and you could just go out at health level. It was so good. Um, yeah, and the planes, the tanks, the dropships, jetpacks, had all the fun elements that seem to be missing, I think, on some, some, some games these days. It's just, it's just, you know, I want it back. And Siphon Fuel. Have you been blocked by Dylan Jobia on Twitter? No, Fuck I will be took mine. <laughs> How did just get out of the end there? He just spoke mine. <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just going to uh, nudge him every now and again, you know. Yeah. If, you've, uh, if you follow uh, the Paul Collette on Twitter, you'll see him tweet Dylan Joe at least once every month. At least, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a one-man it's, campaign. That's what it is. Yeah, is indeed. it like um, Retro Studios now doing the new Metroid? Um, yes. Yes, he is. Um, well, which what is the fuck are you asking? <laughs> Why are you asking him for a walk then? Because it's better than Metroid. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Oh, now we get cancelled. No, no, no. Let's not. Uh, let's not. Let's not feed this. This is the last episode of the Finger Podcast. Sorry, everyone.
<laughs> oh dear me! Wow. Okay, uh, Greg, what were you going to uh, in- interject with? Uh, the bouncer. That's my no. Um, I want to return to that. That was great. No, mine was going to be siphon filter, but it is siphon filter. I know sure. Paul's mentioned it as well. I love those games. The first two were absolute bangers, and then they kind of went a bit off the broken path. But there is room for them to come back because 989 Studios became Bend, who created Days Gone. And there are siphon filter Easter eggs in Days Gone. I just bought one for my bike. What? An Easter egg. Siphon filter. Which one was that? There's a, there's a decal you get. Oh, uh, I, never, I didn't get that. I didn't get that oh, one. Okay. Uh, but no, like it alludes to the siphon filter virus being the cause for the mutations and that kind of stuff. And Siphonfoot was left on a bit of a cliffhanger with Gabe Logan being shot in the stomach and it kind of fizzled out. I mean, the last one was on the PSP, I think. Mm. Yeah, Dark Shadow or something stupid like that. Or... Dark, Dark Mirror. There were, Dark. Two, there were two great ones on the PSP. I love both of those yeah. ones. Well, the, the PS2 one went a bit weird. It went a bit like Operation Winback and they tried to make it like a weird mm. multiplayer. Type. And then oh, five, five and six Winback. on the PSP are way better. Yeah, I never played the PSP ones. I didn't have a PSP mm. at the time and then, yeah, I never got around to it but I know the synopsis. But, I don't know how they would remake them because if you made it like an Uncharted style cover-based shooter, Gears of War style thing, it would just be generic and shit. Um, mm. But the platforming is kind of what made the last two. Uh, sorry, the, the first two even. But then it would be a bit janky and you'd have to make it more dynamic like the Tomb Raiders, like the Uncharted. And it would just be a bit weird seeing Gabe Logan like having the free range of movement that the other two have, even though he's a capable agent, it just wouldn't sit right. It'd be basically like a, a, a Tomb Raider with a siphon filter skin. I don't know how mm. they would do it, but even like it an over the shoulder. has to be that open world. I, I don't know, open world, I mean, maybe a sort of halfway point, like Alpha Protocol, like a hub-based thing. And Alpha Protocol, for as much shit as it gets, was a good game in concept because you'd have your hubs and you go to one or the other and like the actions you do in one affect the other, whichever order you do them in. Is that the Sega game, Alpha Protocol? Yes. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed that. Obsidian. Oh, yeah. sorry. As you, as you would say, Obsidian. Um, <laughs> Obsidian and Sega. <laughs> yeah, but like the concept, like, Gabe Logan's not a secret suave agent, but you could have, I, I'm, I'm spitballing. It's all hypothetical, but just a return to the Simon Filter universe done properly. Or even, even like Ben's going back to it. Like, hello, look at our free world. Free, uh, bleh. Look at our open world zombie game that we made. Look what we used to make. Can we have that back, please? Can we have that property back, please? Please, please let us eat. Please. Okay. It used to have little elements of things like Hitman and Splinter Cell in it yeah, yeah, as there well. Were, there so was, there was, there was those kind of things. Were... Maybe it could be more like that. Maybe it could be just somewhere in the middle of um, that sort of stealth thing as well. There was there was the mission where you had to go to the Smithsonian and you couldn't kill anyone. And I remember that. I remember like you had to climb around a replica of the uh, Stonehenge. And it wasn't obviously true to height, but it wasn't like the spinal tap, like, this is only six inches. Um, but you had to climb a replica of that to get an event. And it was cool. You couldn't kill anyone and you couldn't tase. You weren't allowed to tase them because if you held the taser too long, they would... Uh, yeah, they'd burn up, wouldn't they? Which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> only 10 I years remember, old, that's the funniest thing in the world. I remember but, a level um, where you got you, you were in a hospital, weren't you? You'd been poisoned or, or yes. hurt or something yeah, in a yeah. hospital and you spent the entire, entire level in a hospital gown with your butt hanging out the back. <laughs> And you've got to find all these little things that would help you escape. You had to find some vents that yep. someone else was helping you. It was a very Hitman-esque sort of yeah, level. Yeah. And, there was, and there was it was that kind of thing in, I remember it for. Level in the first game where you go to a monastery that's holding the virus. And I, even the final boss, um, Chase, in number two, 
he's in a suit of armor and you've got like your spaz 12 shotgun and you can't do any damage to him but you've basically got to keep shooting him into you've basically got to like direct your shotgun shells uh, your shotgun blast into the rotor i don't i never understood how the rotor of the helicopter would kill him if he's wearing a massive suit of armor but it does but it was a great thing at the time it wasn't just to shoot the bad guy until his health runs out it was he's pretty much invincible and uh yeah you had to like direct him with shotgun blasts into a helicopter which was just it blew my mind at the time. I remember, like the the first Siphon Filter game, if I remember rightly, it was um, on the original PlayStation Pad, which only had one analog stick. Was that right? No, no, they, there was the dual analog, which had no vibration but two sticks. Because I, I remember, I, I think I played Siphon Filter on. Remember that Sony phone, Sony Ericsson phone that slid up and you had the little game pad stuff. Yeah. Yeah, these two little nubbin things that were the joy pads, and I, that, I bought that game, Siphon Filter. Oh, the weird like half PSP type thing. Yeah, well, great fun, great little thing actually, but. I remember like, I couldn't control it with both analog sticks. It was only just the one analog stick. And I, thought... no, I think it, no, it, it came out like way before the dual analog, but then dual analog just incorporated movement, but no camera because a lot of games I didn't I support... think it was just you didn't control the camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly it. Didn't have third person camera support. So it was just, you just used one stick. You're right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's right. But yeah. I, remember the, I remember the first level had that bank mission. And then it's like the very first corner you turn, there's two guys on a wall. And if you were, you could, you could taser them from like, 40 feet away and you just see this white arcing taser and it, it had that cinematic camera where it would just it would it would follow the taser into the guy so you get the the, the guard's perspective or behind the guard's shoulder and there's gabe logan 40 meters away just holding this charge and the guy's going and catching a light and you can hold it forever and you think he's gonna run out of air well he will because he's burning but nope you can just hold that forever which says a lot about me later. Ah, uh, memories. <laughs> <laughs> I turned out. I turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, games so haven't I, made me violent. <laughs> no, not at all. Guns do. Uh, siphon filter would be my pick. Cool. And the bouncer. I think that would be yeah. I think both popular choices amongst the uh, the gaming community for sure. Uh, Toby, what's your pick? Um, I was just going to preface this with um, that Sony actually said they were going to be actively reviving franchises in uh, in a in a quote this week. So that's where this came from. I think San Diego, Sony San Diego is actually rumored to be working on um, a new Uncharted game to go alongside the release of the Tom Holland movie. Mm. So, so when they said that, then that's where I was thinking, okay, speculate on reviving new franchise, you know, old franchises that they've got, because they actually, actually said the words, actively reviving old franchises. So um, my choices are going back old, you know, old school, back to PS1 days as well. But I thought I'd go to RPG style because no one else would. Um, so I think they should remake Alundra. Um, Alundra was a wonderful little Zelda, 2D Zelda style RPG. They did make Alundra 2, but it was just so completely different and so completely cack that it killed the franchise off completely. Um, and the first one is just such a heartfelt and interesting story about this um, RPG that where you can visit people's dreams and you've unearthed this great big sinister ancient plot and it was really fun um, and I really loved it it was it was almost better than the Zeldas that were around at the time um, and uh, even though it's copying them quite quite dramatically the other and there's two other RPGs I'd bring back as well so one was Legend of Dragoon um, which was the sort of Sony Final Fantasy beta um, that was this great big four disc PS1 RPG that, you know, once once I'd been playing Final Fantasy 7, 8 and 9 and then I had this Legend of Dragoon, I was like, I'm all for this. It was it was pretty good. I wouldn't say it was as good as Final Fantasy, but it was pretty good and it definitely deserves a remake or or a sequel or something that was made nowadays. And the reason this one came to mind is because it, it actually was rumoured two years ago that it was going to be remade. Um, 
Bluepoint was meant to be remaking it because one of the guys from Bluepoint um, released a tweet saying, we would love to remake Legend of Dragoon. Um, and then he got quickly shut down. <laughs> and uh, they were, suddenly said, no, 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 we're making a brand new game. Um, and that, was, that, that turned out to be a lie as well. And what eventually we got was uh, Demon's Souls. Um, so the, the, the sort of, you know, the, the will within that company, there are some people in that company who want to remake Legend mm. of Dragoon, um, do, which would be... Do you remember be... that, that, that Bluepoint tweet from about, what, say a year and a half ago? Where they they oh, the, quietly reference like, like Metal Gear and yeah a real bunch yeah. of games yeah what happened to that was that Demon Souls in the end you think well, like, pres- presumably like, yeah it was like because we're gearing up in the moonlight and the castle you think is it Castlevania is it Metal Gear just give us something and then they were like uh, nope. Yeah, I think they just say game names of games just to wind people up. You could well be right, but still, there, there are there are entire web pages dedicated to this remake of Legend of Dragoon that's never happened. Um, so that's the second one, and the last one, actually, Sean just mentioned just just in passing was Wild Arms. Um, I think with the success of things like Red Dead Redemption and and recent uh, Western flavored stuff, I think there's plenty of room for a Western RPG, um, even if it's a Western themed JRPG. Um, but yeah, Wild Arms was great fun. Um, one, two, and three were all were all fun enough that they should carry on. I think it went to four and five, and I don't think I ever played four and five. Yeah, they they, they it went was to some weird well. like grid thing, and it was just ugh. yeah. I, I didn't like it after it wasn't turn based anymore, but um, but they looked cool. They still had this great cell shaded stuff, and I, I would I would definitely want to bring them back. Um, has anyone heard that Killzone is also like the the website for Killzone has gone down? So yeah, we're not getting a we're not getting a Killzone remake. Fuck. <laughs> Killzone is dead zone. The first, Killzone is gone. <laughs> the, first, the first Killzone had really good potential, rusty as it was. But like when you played as multiple characters, you had a spy and you had Rico and you had the generic military guy whose name was clearly boring. But yeah, and then it just became... No, no, nobody cared about the main characters. all about the Hellgast. It was Hellgast all the Hellgast are, indeed. They're, they are I, the I, best I, fucking villains, the oh, red the eyes. Co- Cockney Nazis. I yeah, love, exactly. I Fucking love two, 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 and three are just incredible games. They had that the Hellgast stuff, like you say, the sci-fi fascists in space is is yeah, a thing. News. Oh, it's just fantastic, and they should bring it back. And I think if they if they'd brought it back, you know, in the last couple of years, we would have been. It would have had all sorts of allusions to the modern world. It would have been great. Agreed. Well, tough luck. It's dead now. <laughs> yeah. well, what's what's your game then? <laughs> um, you can probably guess what my game is. It's uh, uh, it's a little game called G, please. Which I did have to look up and confirm that it was actually a Sony interactive entertainment franchise. That would be so and, good in VR, though. Oh, wouldn't it just? I I wrote about uh, it for a site you don't like. I write for. Um, but I wrote. I like, like the site, Jesus. <laughs> I wrote about it in a in a in a revived games thing, and I said that would be perfect. You imagine piloting even with a DualShock Five, Four, whatever, and having a VR headset like um like the Ghost in the Shell pilots in the anime. They've got like these really cool VR camera headsets. How cool would that be for G Police? Very cool. And I just stolen your moment. Sorry. Sorry, it's fine. It's fine. I've very I've played very few PS like OG PS games, but. Uh, G please was the one that just really captured my captured my imagination. Um, that was Sly Cooper. I enjoyed that as well. So there's, uh, there, I mean, there, there's so many. Do you remember This Is Football? Any of you played This Is Probably Not, but yes, was that the really violent one? No, well, it was red, just, that was Red Card, wasn't it? Yes, This Is It was just a really good football game, and obviously it kind of 
died under the weight of Pez and FIFA, but it was a really good Sony football game. Really enjoyed it. Tiff, wanted. Yeah. Everyone showed him down to Tiff for some yeah. reason. Yeah. <laughs> Have you played Tiff 3? What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, Paul, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, wasn't there a football game on the PlayStation that had a first person view? I'm going up way back to the original PlayStation. I can't remember if it was a Sony mm, game or not. Possibly. I remember Rival, Rival Schools had a football mode in it, which was first person. No, I think it was. I think it might be known coach. Oh, bring back Rival Schools. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that too. Just bring back we, all. We, we could have a whole, a whole episode of us going, I want this and I want that. It'd be like a Christmas wish list, wouldn't it? I want this game back and I want this game back. Yeah. Yeah, if they could get on making uh, a new Last of Us. It's been a while now, so. I want a proper wipeout as well. The recent wipeout was just a remake of PSP tracks with nice graphics. I yeah, want it was so pretty. Proper wipeout. New okay. wipeout. Battle Arena oh. Tushinden, was that? Uh, was yeah, that, uh, that was, that was um, Namco, I think. Was it? No. Yeah, and it was Tobal from Squaresoft. And Air Guys, the arena fighting game where you could play. Jumping as... Flash. Jumping Flash, yeah. The rabbit thing, wasn't it? Yeah, Jumping Jack oh, Flash. No, that's right. oh, jump... no Jack Rabbit. Jazz Jack Rabbit. <laughs> There was, um, no, there was, um, it was um, a little thing. Not a was, um, think of something else. Um, Astro Bot. Jumping what Flash happened? was, yeah. What happened to snowboarding games? Where's Cool Borders? Yeah. Why isn't that back yet? Cool Borders. And then there was 1080 snowboarding on the N64, which was oh, great. Because you had that guy that was made of glass or diamond and he used to sound really heavy when you landed. Snowboard Kids. Snowboard Kids, yep. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. tricky. N64 was a great, bloody great system. Anyway. So yeah, those are our choices. And we're going to move kind of like deviate in a way. But there has been some kind of rumblings this week about uh, what Santa Monica and Naughty Dog are up to. Uh, there was a little bit of footage, or not, not footage, but concept art for a Naughty Dog game, which I think was debunked. Uh, Tobes, can you speak to that a little bit? Uh, yeah, just, just vaguely. So there was a... Um two or three bits of concept art that showed these fantasy character designs. Um, they looked very much like sort of a cross between Horizon, you know, sort of made stuff and The Witcher. That, that sort of, you know, halfway between those two. Um, and the it, it had been posted on this particular concept artist's art station account. Um, and then, you know, subsequently there'd been just rumors flying all over the place that this was Naughty Dog's new um, fantasy themed, um, you know, game that they've been making. But, it got debunked pretty quickly um, within a day or two, really, that set to say that um, they'd been posted quite a bit of time beforehand, some some months before this point when everyone went crazy for it. And they at, the, at that time, they had had absolutely nothing to do with Naughty Dog whatsoever. Naughty Dog have obviously said, you know, we're not commenting on this, not one way or the other. You know, there's, there's nothing there to, to get to. So, um, yeah, okay. it, it's, it's been pretty fairly said that it's not Naughty Dog related. It'd be an interesting avenue for them to take, wouldn't it? To go straight back into kind of a, a medieval fantasy genre. Because they're so very good at what they do. Kind of like present day or like near future. The other rumour that I hear about them is that they're doing a sci-fi game. So there's a there's mm. a persistent rumour that there's a sci-fi game going on at Naughty Dog. Um, but again, I've got no details. No one's got anything so solid on this at all. Oh, okay. Uh, Sean, have you got any... Uh, any tidbits? Have you and Neil Jutman been tweeting back and forth? No, sorry. Ah. <laughs> it's just that, and I just know that um, there's quite a lot of movement within Sony right now for recruitment because lots of sites that used to be one game sites are now two game sites. 
Yeah, so it's obviously Santa Monica are working on Ragnarok, God of War Ragnarok. Um, but yeah, they have been advertising for something else. What is there any rumblings as to what that might be? Well, Santa Monica was always supposed to be a two-game site until, I don't know if you've watched the documentary about God of War. Yes, I have, yeah. So in that, obviously, they, they became a one-game site. Um, and then you've got, uh, but obviously, they seem to be doing something else. I imagine it will be something smaller than Ragnarok. Uh, something probably to keep the rest of the team busy. So obviously you have like concept artists that do the concept art, but rather than let them go, you kind of get them working on something else. And that's the that's the beauty of having two games going at any one time. No yeah. one's no one's got downtime. So yeah, I imagine that's what's happening at Santa Monica. Uh, Naughty Dog, I don't know. Um, they're obviously making something else, but. I genuinely don't know what's going on there because it's, it's like Neil Druckmann's like crazy. It's going to be, it's going to be another more. (laughs) Uh, And then San Diego, they have pixel opus and they have their own team that were doing the um, major league foot, major league baseball games. Uh, But they've started to upscale for what sounds like uncharted. So it looks like they're going to become a three game studio. Hmm. So lots of new games coming from existing studios. Exciting. And Naughty Dog is still working on... They did announce a Last of Us 2 multiplayer, didn't they? Factions-esque. Yeah. Before the release of The Last of Us Part 2. So I guess that's going on, but I guess they need to work on their next big shiny IP, don't they, I guess? Yeah, like, 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 you, would with, like you would in Santa Monica. You've, you know, you've got your team now working on basically production and the enhancements of it. But you know that involves your coders, your designers, etc. But your concept artists and your writers and stuff—they're working on the next thing. So, fingers crossed. It's uh... oh, I was just about to spoil one of the quiz questions. <laughs> 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 I, ho- I hope it's the sci-fi game. <laughs> Do you think there'll be a, a third Last of Us? Do you think that story is done now? I don't know because I haven't played the second one yet. So true. Yeah, that's true. I always forget I- that. But I mean, everyone said that it, it was you know done after the first one. Paul even wrote an article about it, saying yeah. one and done. We don't need another. And then the second one's come out, and he said, "Game of the generation." Game of the generation. <laughs> <laughs> so, who knows? I mean, they they could. I mean, I think their appetite's probably still there. Yeah. But honestly, I hope they just move away and do something else because no one in that in that studio needs any more shit than they're already getting. Make another Jack and Daxter, man. But just fucking chill out. <laughs> <laughs> just, just chill take, the just, fuck out. Yeah, just take five nil, right? You don't need to tell these big magnums of stories. Just yeah. a guy that turns into a weird animal. Just do it. For yeah. God's sake. Yeah, everyone else needs it. Uh right then. Let's crack on with the indie corner. Beautiful. Yeah, thanks. Okay, uh, there are four games that I would like to talk about today. Um, the first is called Arog, and that's by a developer called Hermanos Magia and Leap Game Studios. And it's being published on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5 by Nikana.io. So this is a puzzle game, and it looks very, very cool. Uh, you explore and decipher the enigmatic subconscious of someone who must learn to accept their own death deep <laughs> um, it's based on Latin American culture and it's about half an hour long 
and it's got relaxing puzzles, lots of symbolism and zero words. And that's coming out on PlayStation 4 and 5 at the beginning of February. I think it's the 4th of February. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to that one. So the next game I wanted to talk about was called The Life and Suffering of Sir Bronte. So I don't know if you've ever played like a, a text adventure. Um, I'm currently uh, right in the mood to play one, having finished off a Kickstarter game that I backed years ago and only just got the code for. Um, and this game looks like halfway between a choose-your-own-adventure book and a text adventure. So it's a narrative-driven RPG, set in a gritty world, where a person's lot is determined at birth, while the gods are real and, and proceed over the fates of man. So basically, you choose your way through a book, and you've got options, and each page gives you something you choose. And it looks like it's um, pretty cool, actually. You, you know, your choices have far-reaching implications. And it's not the prettiest of games. If you look at the trailer, it looks a lot better than the way that the game actually looks like it's going to play. But, you know, so long as it's written very well, and what I've seen of the game, it looks like it's written very well, then it should be enjoyable. So that's currently on Steam for wishlisting. It's not really seen until Q1 this year. So that's called The, the Life and Suffering of Sir Bronte. Ooh. Third game is called The Shore. And that's from a developer called... Ares Dragonis, and I think this one is right up Greg Street. I say this because it's a horror game, and we give all of them to Greg. Hey, <laughs> so, I don't think it's a street. I think it's a cul-de-sac, and you guys throw them in there because there's nowhere else to turn around. Hey, man, I I really enjoyed Resident Evil game this week, so shove off. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the Shore is a horror game, um, and it's purely based on H.P. Lovecraft's stories and. It looks very Cthulhu-esque. The game looks brilliant. It's on some kind of forbidden island and it's filled with horrors. But what got me originally was the fact that I watched this trailer and it's, it's of a shore, as you might expect with the game called The Shore. And I didn't know that it was in-game. I, I thought it was a video because it's of a lighthouse and a shore and the waves look good. Oh, I've seen this one. I think I've seen someone keep sharing it on Reddit. Like, here is the game I'm making. And I've seen, yes, it looks amazing. Right? So, yeah. like, I, it blew my mind. Like, I'm, I'm looking at it going, that's a video. And then I kind of looked at the sea a bit closer. And I was like, oh, no, those waves aren't, aren't perfect. But they are very fucking convincing. And waves are such a hard thing to do in games. Um, and that's what kind of blew me. So the visuals are brilliant. It will never run in my laptop. So I'm kind of relying on you, Greg, to play this. Sorry. <laughs> oh god i've become like the portal cool now haven't i yes pc and horror yeah, port sure Yay. <laughs> um so yeah and, and cthulhu's always been kind of a like a, a thing that i i've always liked cthulhu games but i just don't think they've ever been given enough justice like call the cthulhu and the sinking city both good but Ooh, sucks <laughs> stupid game <sighs> yeah okay but <laughs> I really wish that we got a really good Cthulhu game and this one looks like it could be that so I'm, I'm quite excited for that one not from the guys that made the sinking city you won't you know frogwares are great and I won't have anything about it frogwares anyway moving on uh, the last game I want to talk about is called I Saw Black Clouds so this is from Wales Interactive and they are the, the basically the publisher that's spearheading the resurrection of FMV games they they publish Five Dates, uh, The Bunker, Late Shift, The Complex, um, Dr. Decker. You know, they, they've been involved in almost all of the 
FMV games, whether it's publishing them on consoles or publishing them outright or, or bringing them together from, from scratch. And Gamer Girl that they want to forget about. Look, I was really excited about that. And I'm really sad that it got cancelled because I thought it was a really small project. But, you know, it's not for me to say. Um, I just wish that people had given it the time of day because it did sound like it could have been uh, quite experimental. But anyway, moving on. Uh, so this game is, it's all filmed in the UK. It features uh, Nicole O'Neill, who starred in Red Sparrow, Penny Dreadful, um, Beauty and the Beast. And it's basically, I'm going to read the, the, the blurb for you. After the unexpected death of a close friend, Christina returns to her hometown looking for answers, only to one earth a string of dark secrets. Um, I Saw Black Clouds is an interactive psychological thriller with supernatural elements and branching storylines. So it's an FMV game filmed in the UK with a superstar as the, the leading lady and a cool story. So if I haven't sold you on it, I don't know what will. You should have this on your radar because Wales Interactive have just published a load of really good games. Five Dates is excellent and you should play it. Go and read my review too. Uh, and this looks like a continuation of their high pedigree. So those are the games that I wanted to talk about today. Nice. I'm quite curious about uh, checking out another FMV game. I love Telling Lies. That was great. Yeah, Telling Lies and her story. Yeah. Um, the other ones... Same company, but yeah, they were, yeah, they were great. You should play Poe Monroe as well. That's another good one. Oh yeah, yeah, that's on it's my on list. Steam. It's, it's yeah, Poe and Poe and Monroe were in Shapeshifter Detective, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, it it's yeah, it's like a shared universe, the, the, the yeah, back yeah. universe, the shape, uh, the madness of Doctor Decker, Poe Monroe, and the Shapeshifting direct Detective are all got the same actors in it. So, yeah, it's very cool. Nice. Well, thank you, Sean. Our pleasure as always. All right, don't go anywhere because we now need the quiz answers. Cool. Cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Question one. What is the name of the main protagonist in Silent Hill 4 The Room? Was it James Sunderland, Harry Mason, or Henry Townsend? Greg, what's the answer, dude? It's Henry Townsend. Henry Townsend is correct. Hooray. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Question two. In the 2004 Chronicles of Ready Game, or Reeks of Chronicles, or whatever, yeah. um, where did the titular star have to escape from? Uh, Toby? Uh, I can't remember, but I've written Pitch Black Planet. No. <laughs> it's close. It's close. close. <laughs> it's, got, it's got the same letter at, at least twice. Um, it was Butcher Bay. So, yeah, the game is called Chronicles of Ready Escape from, Escape Butcher, from Bay. Butcher Bay. Because that's where he gets his eye shine. Eye. All I can remember about it is it was in the Pitch Black Planet. Well, it wasn't because Butcher Bay. No, the film. Planet. I'm not even. I didn't even oh, play right. the game. <laughs> it's really good. It was surprising. <laughs> okay, question three: The opening chapter of Shadow of the Tomb Raider, in which Laura survives a tsunami, is set in which country? Uh, Paul. I put Mexico. I wasn't sure. Mexico is correct. Yes. Well done, buddy. I put Venezuela. That's not Mexico. <laughs> I, put, I put South America. Yeah, I knew it was somewhere. I was like, so what do you mean? Like, wait, where is it? No, I, I put I put the town or the city that it takes place in. Does that count? What did you? What call was it? the question? What was the question? Uh, and Country. Country. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you. Surely I know. I know the better answer. No, you you went for a pretentious answer the when he asked answer. you what country. Yeah, it was Paititi, and I went for the continent. But I got the wrong one. <laughs> oh, oh, I put the wrong answer. Paul went to Google. <laughs> I actually got it right though, so it's all good. He, he did actually. He, you know, he sent me these answers, and 
um, he'd scribbled out Mexico and then written Mexico again. So, <laughs> that's how popular he was. Double down. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> so I'm spelling it wrong is all. Oh my God. Mexico. Mexico. Question four. What was the high selling boxed game of 2020 in the UK? Was it Call of Duty Black Ops, Cold War, Animal Crossing, New Horizons, or FIFA 21? Ross? I think I'd fuck this, but I'm going to say FIFA 21. FIFA 21 is the correct answer. Oh, what? God. I really what I get from thinking outside the box. Yeah, I thought it was Animal Crossing. The digital yeah. sales for Animal Crossing, I think, were vastly superior yeah, to yeah, the yeah. box sales. Oh, yeah, yeah. So oh. box sales tanked, obviously. Thanks, pandemic. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, which put everything in Topsy Turvy Land. And FIFA 21 was the highest selling game in the UK. In <laughs> Fuck's sake. Um, question five Savvy Starlight is a comic book series found in which video game? Uh, Greg? Last of Us Part 2? And The Last of Us. So, oh, yeah. it is in the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's, I'll take either. Um, right. I had to Google this during, during <laughs> a little bit earlier because I can only remember it being in the first one because that's the only one I played. I don't remember it being <laughs> in the first one. I remember it's, it's, a, it's a big collectible in the second game, but I don't remember it being in the first one. That's why I put part two. Yeah, you, you don't collect them in the first one. It's just there. Oh. They're on posters and things, aren't they? In the first oh, one. right. Got you. Okay, question six. What colour is Nack's nose? Uh, Paul? Uh, gold. Gold is correct. What? Will you accept bronze? No, because it's not gold, is it? <laughs> but it could, look <laughs> nice. it could look right in the right light. Do you know what I mean? Is that what Jesus said when the when three wise men came? <laughs> Will you accept bronze? <laughs> no, oh, Jesus, for fuck's sake. Uh, son of God. Um... <laughs> no, I'm Jesus, for fuck's sake. That's got to be the line of this one. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. I've you some bronze, some diesel fuel for men, and some... <laughs> <laughs> some Sorry, what, Africa. And some and some uh, some what? Oh, up there. oh. Uh, okay. Uh, question seven. In Until Dawn, the characters stay at which ski resort? Frost Frost Blake Lake, Blackwood Pines, or Camp Crystal Lake? Uh Toby? I actually played this one, so Blackwood Pines. Blackwood Pines is correct. Oh, I knew it was one or two, because it's not Crystal Lake. No. Um question <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not the other one as well. Oh my god. Definitely not the other one as well. Definitely Blackwood Pines. Yeah. Question eight. You know where Camp Crystal Lake is, right, Ross? Yeah. He doesn't, does he? No, that's why I say. (laughs) (laughs) Camp Crystal. uh, Never mind. Anyway. um, Is it Friday the 13th? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Question eight. In Fallout 3, which world do players emerge from at the beginning of the game? Is it 104, 101, or 111? Uh, Ross. This is the one I guessed. Was it 101? 101 is correct. Well, oh, 111 is Fallout 4, isn't it? I can't remember off the top of my head. Question 9. Agents of Mayhem is a spiritual su- successor to which popular video game? Uh, Toby? Popular, yeah. Saints Row. <laughs> All right, yeah, popular but shit. Whether you like it or not, it is popular. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, the, Saints the Row. The author doesn't like Saints Row. It's too lowbrow uh, for him. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> you get furry costumes in there, though. Yeah, all right. I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a bitch. Sold. <laughs> four, four foot dildos and furry costumes and Toby's in. Actually, that combination would be right up my street. He but does have kinks, yeah. <laughs> oh, he does have kinks. I do, yeah. I, I understand fetishes. 
<laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad you've got to this age in your life where you understand. I'm now 100% convinced that Toby is an alien. Like, I understand fetishes. I am. <laughs> doing my research. <laughs> I've been researching them while we've been talking. Human vices. Someone yeah, started, I started with pegging. tall vampire lady and went from there. <laughs> Someone has skipped to the end of this podcast and not listened to the Resident Evil Man. talking about them. Okay, and question 10, which 2012 stealth video game was criticised for the inclusion of what some called hot nuns? Paul? Is it Hitman 2? It's not oh. Hitman 2. What do you mean? Absolution. I mean, it's wrong. Hitman it's Absolution. Hitman Absolution. Well, I've, got the, uh, I've got the franchise, right? This is why I said franchise or game. Yeah, but still. You didn't want answer. It. I want it. I didn't well, I've, got, I've, got, I've, got, I've got Hitman as the overall franchise. Is that not right? No, it's not. no it's, I asked the game. You didn't. You and you didn't. You did. You did not. Again, again can I have the continent that the country he said, was what, in? He said, ben. "What's 2012 game?" Which the, 2012 video game was criticised for inclusion of which, of which some called hot nuns? I so, said the name of the fucking city so, uh, that Lara Croft drowned yeah. at the start of Shadow of the Tomb Raider. <laughs> I even think you crossed. got that wrong though, because I, I, I don't even, I don't even think that's the right town. No, it is. Start of Titi. It is because he uh, googled it. Obviously, Did you share I'm, your answers. I'm sure it begins with a C. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Holy shit! Uh, Just now. Is it something uh, like Cosmet or Cosmel? Shadow of the Tomb Raider wiki. Oh yeah, it's the so the city doesn't exist. Um, yeah, but it does because it says it at the start when you start walking around as Lara Croft. Uh, the story follows Lara Croft as well, she ventures through the tropical regions of the Americas in a legendary city by Titi. You still didn't put the country. Yeah, but that's that's further into the game. So uh, after... it's not. Yeah, It is because the, the, the game starts in Cosmel, Mexico. That's the one uh, I've got on then... my search, Cosmel. Yeah. On your search? On your search. I've just searched it just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah, got the question wrong. Your tabs are lined I up. I got that question wrong. It says South America on mine. You can look at. Ross got it wrong though because he put the he didn't put the country. I did get it wrong. Okay, let's move on. Okay, let's find out the scores. Fuck. So let's start with ten out of ten, boy Toby. Uh, not this time. Um, six out of ten. Six out of ten, not bad, not bad, Paul. Yeah, six. Six out of ten, not bad, not bad, Greg. I've got one more than both of them. Seven out of ten. Okay. Ross, are you going to get the dub? <laughs> <laughs> I got the dub. I got the d- I got seven. Oh, okay. Ah, okay. Joint, joint win, though. Winners. So the only two I've won in this entire year have both been joint wins. I'm happy with that. Okay, Can't so be Greg, breaks. Greg is now uh, one in the lead of everybody. Everyone else is on one. Default, default. Well done, everybody. Hooray. That was a close quiz. Yeah, it was a good one. I enjoyed that. Thank you very much, Sean. Our pleasure as always. All right then, let's round this out with Out This Week with Mr. Toby Anderson. Who's ready this time? Yay! Yay! So, um, Out This Week, January 26th, so a day after this goes live, um, the first game I've got is Atelier Riser, Lost, uh, Atelier Riser 2 rather, Lost Legends and the Secret Fairy. Uh, that's coming to PC and PS4 and PS5 and Switch. That's a JRPG. Finally. Um, Finally, did you want that one? No. 
<laughs> um, Cyber Shadow, which I know Greg is reviewing, coming to Switch, PC, PS4, and Xbox One, I think, on Game Pass. Uh, King Arthur Knight's Tale, it's coming out on PC, but that's an early access game, so I'm not sure if that's necessarily one we normally put on our list. Um, Dark Eye, The Dark Eye, sorry, Chains of Satanav, it's coming out on Xbox One, followed by the same day, uh, The Dark Eye Memoria. Um, coming out on Xbox One as well, both in the same series, those ones. Then on January 28th, we've got Olija, or Olia. Greg can tell me if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Who's playing that one? Olija. Yep. Okay. Um, so I was. <laughs> um, the That's coming to PC, Switch, um, PS4. PS4, and Xbox One. Uh, then we've got God's Will Fall coming out on January 28th on Switch. And then also on January 29th on PC and PS4. Uh, the Yakuza Collection Remastered uh, is coming to PC and Xbox One on January 28th as well. Uh, and that's coming out on Game Pass, I think. And that's also followed by The Medium coming to Xbox Series X and PC, but also on Game Pass for anyone mm -hmm. who fancies that, which looks like a very, very cool horror game. Um, there's another one here for you, Roscoe, that you'll like. Marchen Forest, Milne and the Forest Gift. Yeah, that one is oh, coming. To, yeah. <laughs> it's your kind of game. Um, coming to PC, PS4, and Switch. Again, another little um, little RPG. A little indie game called Tohu, coming to PC and Xbox One. And Disjunction, uh, coming to PC, PS4, and Xbox One as well, on, and Switch. Um, that one, that's a cool-looking cyberpunk um, Metal Gear Solid type sort of thing that, um, that I'm definitely interested in. Then we've got a game called Sword of the Necromancer, which is a sort of roguelite coming to PC and Switch, also on January 28th. 28th is a, there's a lot of things on 28th. Um, the Cur Curious Expedition 2 coming to PC and Heaven's Vault coming to Switch. Uh, there's a game that's called Monstrum 2 coming to PC, but that's again the one that's been shifted a number of times. It was meant to come out at the end of last year, so I'm not 100% sure if that is a definite release date, but it says January 28th on here. So Yeah, it's um, definite. So if, yeah, if you're interested in Monstrum 2, then hopefully that one really will come out on that date. I know it's been shifted a lot. Uh, Re-Zero Starting Life in Another World is the subtitle. Um, it's another RPG-looking thing on January 29th, uh, coming to PC and PS4. There's a whole bunch on 29th again. So The Pedestrian, um, that's the uh, cool-looking indie one where you jump from sign to sign with a little stick man. That's coming to PS4, P PS5, and PC uh, on January 29th. Interested in that as well. Uh, Silver Chains is coming to PS4 and Switch. Um, as I say, God's, God's Will Fall, uh, PC version and PS4 version on January 29th as well. Uh, and then I'll round it off with a game called Bonkies. I don't know what that's about, but it's an Xbox One and Switch. Uh, it looks like a monkey in space. Um, but yeah, Bonkies. Who knows what it's yeah, about? Um, <laughs> highly trained monkeys equipped with bionic arms and jetpacks. Hell yeah. Um, I'm in. <laughs> just to interject, you can cut this bit out. What date have you got for Olegia? Ooh, doo -doo -doo -doo. Uh, January 28th. Oh, it's 28th. Cool. Sorry. I thought, I, I'm pretty sure my embargo was 28 and I thought you said 26 and I was like, <laughs> no, you're good. All right, cool. And sorry. that, oh, sorry. And that was out this week. Uh, cool. Thanks, Toby. No worries. A uh, quick shout out to Kayla Erin, who is an amazing cosplayer and has done a cosplay of the creepy girls in the Resident Evil Village. 
gameplay and it's getting shit, it's getting shit online because the necklace is meant to go through the skin of the character and her necklace is not going through her skin and she's getting shit about that on Twitter. She didn't get a piercing for this cosplay too, dear. Unbelievable. It's amazing yeah. that these cosplayers won't go to the lengths of destroying their own <laughs> Piercing bodies. Piercing their own bodies, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's the commitment? Do you know what I mean? Why is it she had leg implants to be the tall vampire lady? Yeah, but shout out to Kayla Aaron. Another implant. Her, uh, her cosplay is amazing. And um, I shared it earlier. It blew, blew my mind. That's great. Right, well, that is it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all very much indeed. But let's take a forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Follow the link tree in the description below. If you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can. Look at the description. All of our handles are in there, except for Toby, of course, who's smart and not on Twitter. If you want to follow us really hardcore, why don't you follow our Patreon? For $1 a month, you can keep this podcast live on its various podcast hosting services and keep the website nice and shiny. Well, until next week, thank you all very much indeed for listening. We will see you next time. It is goodbye from Mr. Grokicks. Bye. Goodbye from Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Paul Collett. You. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Tradoc. It's goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. We'll see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. So Toby, have you been pegged before? <laughs>